0: i mm-hmm.
1: KSD Radio (laughs) presents 1981 Year in Film Why did you pick that song, Steve? It will come evident A little bit later in the show And in the year 1981 is a better year Than Expected News that really isn't in here But happened is Uh United Artists got sold off to MGM. So, I was wrong, Carl. Oh, my God, you
2: admit it? You admit it? Yeah, there were
1: two studios that died in
0: 1981, and not just one. Yep. But that's the second
1: one. (laughs)
2: Uh, We'll we'll talk about that
1: Yeah And we are not going to do the rest But to open up the year We have Scream A slasher which I don't know shit about Yes It happens folks
2: Me and Carl's are like Do we know this? I don't know Hmm. Uh, And this is not the Wes Craven film by the way
1: Yeah Oh, and last but night, it does have me, Woody
2: Strode.
1: Yeah, it has Woody Strode, Ethan Wayne. Is this a slasher or a goddamn western? I'll be more. Yeah, let's Here move you on. Go. And what's funny is last night as I was telling you, me and my love, uh, Tracy were watching rituals. And who was the producer, writer? And uh one of the stars of it
2: That would be Lawrence Dane.
1: Yeah. This is the best movie ever with Michael Ironside, uh
2: Patrick McGuin.
1: Patrick McGuin, Jennifer O'Neill and the other ones. So Carl, <laughs> I'm, I'm passing this to you to talk about the future uh we'll talk about the future of
2: future shock let me just say that scanners and uh it's star stephen lack stephen has been on my show a number of times he was on our show too when when i was working with you too Uh, and and i love stephen now stephen will be the first one to say he's not an actor but, boy, does he have some stories about Cronenberg, and, and not only that, he's a tremendous artist and painter. And, and uh, he still has a Facebook page that you should follow. Love, Steven.
1: And he still didn't get as much pussy as his cousin did.
2: No. No, not even close.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and who's his cousin? Come on. <sighs>
1: Leonard Cohen. (laughs) Yep. And this is the film where David Cronenberg lost part of his hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He didn't think that shooting off a shotgun under a table would be a bad thing since the shotgun (laughs) was out (laughs) under the table.
2: Yep, a mistake, definite mistake. Do you hear me, David? Mistake.
1: Yeah, and this is what I call an almost film. Even uh, as good as it is, Cronenberg said he should have added more action to it. Mm -hmm. Where if you watch some of the more badass action pieces of this movie, yeah, he was right because it's like we had the badass action film where the van comes alive and all the guns come out and start shooting and then for the next 40 minutes all we get is a bunch of talk.
2: Mhm. But you know what? Still has the best you know blowing up of a head ever on 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 screen. Period.
1: Yeah. Just don't say that to uh David Cronenberg's hearing bum bum.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And what famous? Okay, we're moving on. We love Scanners is a must-watch. It's still great because not because of Stephen Lack, because of the amazing scene chewing performance without really going over the top of Michael Ironside. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely. good God,
1: is he so good in this?
2: Yes, he is. Agreed.
1: And there's a scene in Pi where it shows the hero close to the end. Am I right? Where yeah. he has an eyeball painted on his forehead. And he had to have taken that, the director, from Scanners. Because that Scanners. is such yeah, a, there's no an amazing uh, image.
2: Uh, yeah, Aronofsky has even said that. So, there you go. So, I think we should move on and maybe get get, get, get some sunglasses or something.
1: Okay, people get clumpy because this is going to take a while. What was the big, major film that Compass International Pictures come out that they made an insane amount of money on? It came out in 1979. What was it? I'm not
2: sure. Uh, no,
1: that, that that wasn't Halloween, was it? Yeah,
2: Halloween. There you go.
1: And we have the Jerry Gross organization, which made an insane amount of money on a little film from the 80s that Carl loves to death. Well, I love it, too, because it starts out as a slasher, and then it says, okay, we go batshit crazy and don't give a fuck. Yep. And what would that be, Carl?
2: I can't can't
1: remember. The Boogeyman.
2: Oh, oh, right, 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 right.
1: And Compass Mm -hmm. International and the Jerry Gross Organization invested all of their money in a movie that they would own. They were making a shitload of money off of films they were distributing. And they wanted mm-hmm. to make their own film so they could own and get 100% of the money. And it went bad.
0: <laughs>
1: and it I'm going to let Carl take this because I wouldn't make fun of it. Well, So Carl, talk about...
2: Okay. First off, let's talk about the tagline. Come on, you gotta admit the tagline is great. You know, basically, I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was uh,
0: uh.
2: Next time you go to the beach, you may not even make it to the water. Or something like that, and so you have, you have these this sand creature or whatever, basically sucks people under that you don't see till the end, but think. God, thank you. You don't the see Lord. it till
1: the end.
2: <laughs> you don't see it till the end. And thank the Lord Wait, that Burt Young was the only one that got there. what the hell this yeah. was about.
1: Uh, it has David Huffman, Mariana Hill, John Saxon, Stephen Glinch, and a lot of Eros. others. Eros. And the only one who got the tone to put on this film to the point that when they were trying to salvage this film, they said, okay, get Burt Young in here and just let him do whatever fucking noir narration there was. And I wanted to be in the movie where Burt Young was finding out everything. Not the movie we seen. Yeah. And the now, ending Burt- is badass, too. We get to see the Monster for like three seconds, and all of a sudden, Bert Young walks in with a stick of di- stick of dynamite, and he knows how to use it.
2: Exactly. And by the way, one other thing you should know: I think this is the only other movie I've ever seen him in. Now you've you've seen The Last Detail, correct? Yeah. And Otis Young was the black sailor. He's in yeah. this movie for like. Three minutes, no Otis young, um, but man this this was a, a such a missed opportunity, but as I said, thank God they got Bert Young because <laughs> at least he salvages what he can of the film, and this is this is you know there's John Saxon in this movie, and John Saxon doesn't even get it. God knows, John Sachs. Oh, uh, it, yeah.
1: Did. I think one of the problems was is they let the screenwriter direct the movie. And yeah. you don't let, 90% of the time, you don't let screenwriters direct their own movie because they believe that their writing is the word of God and not a word should be changed.
0: Yep.
2: But well the full tagline is the said only in the goddamn movie. movie he ever directed too. Only yeah. movie he ever directed, thank God.
1: And the full tagline and here's how it's said in the movie just when you think you could it's safe to cross the sand, get back just when you think it's safe to get into the water, you can't get across the goddamn beach. <laughs>
0: yep.
2: That's it. Thank you.
1: And, and moving on, Carl. Yes. The boat can leave now. Tell the crew. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll tell Keith in the end, okay? And Richard Johnson too.
0: I'll I'll tell him.
1: Yeah, this is Lucio Pucci's Zombie, which technically and I consider could be considered a prequel to Night of the Living Dead. If Romero would have gave us a solid reason why the zombies appeared, then maybe that door wouldn't be open for this movie. But he didn't, and I would say that it is.
2: Well, you know, I mean, there's been this conjecture all the time. Uh I think they're two separate movies. I think particularly because of the stylism, Fultys a lot different than, than Romero.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, for, well,
2: for years I didn't like something Two. I didn't, I, like, I I'm didn't just like going
1: it. with the story. Yeah, I know. I mean, it I makes sense to have it there because of where the movie ends up. Yeah, I agree.
2: I agree. Uh, But I've I've warmed to this movie over the years. And one of the things I love about this movie that Romero didn't do until Land of the Dead was the whole thing about walking underwater. And, of course, the shark. Oh, God,
1: yeah. Zombie versus shark. You don't know how old it made me feel, Carl. When I was watching the Super Bowl during the commercials, waiting to go somewhere, then all of a sudden that TV commercial come on and they showed the zombie versus shark scene on national TV. I'm like, I'm all old. But yeah, let's see. Dario Sacarte wrote the script. Tisa Farrow, Ian McCulloch. Richard Johnson is great in Ara Araueta Gay. Olga Cartoris
2: Carlotta,
0: they are all,
1: yeah, they're all fucking good.
2: It, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's I, a I, hell of I much, a
1: lot of fun.
2: I I much prefer the the Romero films, but you know this this is a different it's a different beat and it's a different yeah. Tape.
1: But like I said, it may works good as. A prequel because we're Explanation And Mm -hmm. we'll explain why we didn't get the Explanation when we get to
2: 1985
1: Yep And next is another film I don't know Shit about Earthbound But all I know Is that
2: Go ahead all I can tell you is I remember seeing this when I visited for Christmas on HBO. I think I lasted three minutes.
1: I mean, that's it should be good. You. I mean, it has Ann, Ann Lockhart, Doodles Weaver, Bird Eyes, Christmas. No, Conley. No, that's not good.
2: It isn't good. Trust John
1: Shuck. Who are you to doubt John Shuck?
2: I love John Shuck, okay? Love him. Not a good movie. And next is the
1: movie that, for the longest time until Cats Eye Come Out, had the world's record for largest set. (laughs) And it still has the record for largest bed made for a movie.
0: Yeah. It it's
1: a, just too it's bad. Fun. Yeah, it's just yeah.
2: It's too bad a, it's not better. It's not horrible either. Yeah. I want to see this in the theater. I I wasn't disappointed, but I was sort of like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Lily Tomlin is great. i tell you who really is good in this is John Glover. He's only in one scene, but he's fucking hysterical.
1: Yeah, and Rick Breaker's good in it, too, as the Minky. Oh, guy. yeah. I mean, look at this cast. Mike Douglas, Dick Wilson, Sully Kirkland. The amazing Pat Ass.
2: I said, fucking it,
1: Lily Tomlin, Charles Golden, Ned Beatty, Henry Gibson, Mark Blankfield. Yeah. Yeah. John Glover. I mean... It should have been so much better, but the sets were jaw dropping. At yes, back that's when true. we really had to keep it real, folks. Like nowadays, I could do I could do the Incredible Shrinking Man, thanks to green screen and CGI shit. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: but not now, not then. Didn't have that shit.
1: And there's only two movies that I know that Carl was involved or was spiritually close to the goddamn protests about the film. And one was Cruising. And what was the second, Carl?
2: Well, you're going to talk – I take it we're talking about the next movie that's in line. But I actually was not close to the thing. You know, there were other ones Was uh, Carla
1: close uh, to it? Uh
2: n- no, 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 but her but her uh, uh Anna her her second in command would be. And that's for Apache the Bronx said that's
1: why I said, peer, why I, said oh, I, know. I
2: know. But you know, I mean I was involved in uh Last Temptation of Christ, cross picket lines for that. There was also uh um, Snuff. But that was all fake.
0: But
1: yeah, I would not admit I seen that on the big screen on the air. Just, just giving you some advice.
2: <laughs> oh, I'll admit it because it was fun. It was fun. But yeah, I
1: was also first, but what's sad is Fort Apache, the Bronx is good. I mean, Paul Newman, Edward Asner. Ken Wall, Danny Aiello, Rachel Tocasin, Pam Greer.
2: No, 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 not Uh, Pam
1: Greer. Pam
2: fucking Greer. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Catherine Beeler, Titor Goya, Miguel Miguel Perino. Pinero. Pinero.
0: Pinero.
1: Oh, like you, pendejo. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go. But
1: <laughs> yeah, it was actually a good film, and this is the film they spiritually based "Hill Street Blues" after. Only it wasn't yep. as depressing and downbeat.
2: Uh, this 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 is definitely downbeat. No question. And
1: it's uh, the eleventh. So do you want to take your sweetie? out to a valentine's day movie carl oh and boy yeah. limit, boy apache the bronx is a pretty is a great little cop film that still has that 70s stank to it
2: yeah agreed
1: but yeah just go see a beautiful sweet little valentine's day movie like my bloody valentine why do I hold this one so up in my stature when it comes to slashers? Because it's the only, and I quote, only blue-collar slasher ever that deals with the working class. This is like the Martin when it, of slasher films when it comes to settings. Because 90% of the slashers are all upper class Or teens going to college and stuff They weren't to the want.
2: I also like what they did with the killer in this one too Yeah uh, Yeah, this, this one is solid It's a solid slasher I'm not a huge slasher fan, but this one, uh, this one, I would definitely say watch. No question.
0: Yeah,
2: because
1: it's got enough different twists and turns to make you respect it.
0: Yes, agreed.
1: Oh God, can we skip over Sphinx just to say that yes. it stinks?
2: Yes, yes, we can stink. Skip the next is a skip movie that skip.
1: Carl don't respect as much as he should.
2: I still like it, though. I I, no. I don't think it's his best film, but I, I absolutely it's agree with you. It's his best film
1: of the 80s.
2: Yeah, that I would say. I would definitely say that.
1: But this is a great, solid American pop, which is a great, solid history of American popular music From when uh, A family of Orthodox Russian Jews Escaped to America From uh, Those days to the Modern days And yeah, I will I, give Carr His complaint that it rushes too much But yeah, it's still I, good I
0: agree,
2: I agree. It's should have been maybe an hour longer, actually. Uh, yeah. But I've I got I got something to say about Backstein, and a lot of people don't realize this: is how much of a Jewish director he is, and how much that really, really imports his uh, his viewpoint in that. Uh, this, for that alone, this is well worth it. I think this is a great. It's not only a history of music; it's a history of Judaism in America. I think and it's a wonderful it film. And it is an
1: amazing freaking soundtrack. And I oh, want to say this: yes. put it on a record. Fuck you, Bob Seger, for not letting that beautiful version of Night Moves with that added piano solo at the beginning to be put on this. And put out with the oh, same I, I mean, I love the original song, but just that, dun, do doon do on piano, just adds so much to it. Agreed. And whoever sings the version of uh, It's All Right, ba- It's All Right, Babe, you know, it ain't in the I wonder why, babe, that I'm all gone. What was the name of that song? You know, Bob Dylan? I got you,
2: babe. I got you, babe. No.
1: You know, it ain't fair to tell the reason why, babe, that I'm moving out of town.
2: I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But still, the version of it in the movie is so good. And one of the best scenes in the movie is when the piano player of the family, the guy who's supposed to be the 50s piano guy, goes Mm -hmm. over to uh, Germany and he's, yeah, my love just told me. Thank you, Tracy. It's don't think twice. It's all right. Okay. Thank you, Tracy. See, i got to have someone smarter than me around.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought that was my,
0: my... No, never mind.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: the he's at the He's in the World War two, and he goes in this building while on patrol in Nazi-infested... playing the piano. But then a Nazi soldier gets his drop on him. And then all of a sudden, he starts going along with the music and don't shoot him until after the music stops. To me, that shows the pure power of music.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. It's a really good film. Again, it's not my favorite boxy film, but it's a really good film. You know you always say I underrate it, and i I disagree with that i just not as you know I don't wave the flag as as much as you do on
0: this one,
1: like I said, you underrate it, no. but speaking of films that Carl loves that, I don't understand. He says it's because he nope. finds Lee Grant and Andy Dickinson sexy, and I just look at him like he's an idiot. He's like, but it has Michelle Pfeiffer too, and I still look at him like an idiot. So tell me, Carl, why do you love Charlie Chan and The Curse of the Dragon Queen?
2: It's horrible.
0: <laughs>
2: but, so I will tell you this: Fuck you, Lee Grant is that. You watch, watch her and the uh, in the Landlord Man as as the mother. I still don't want
1: to. Screw I know, the hell, I
2: but... know, but God, this mm-hmm.
0: is terrible. Little,
1: this is a year it's going to be hard to really press to pinpoint what the worst fucking film in the movie is because we got some real turds.
2: Yeah, that's one of them.
1: We got two coming up after this one, which is a pretty good... A noir thriller, but it doesn't know if it wants to be a 70s thriller or an 80s thriller. But it's still good. I mean, it's got William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, Crystal Plummer, James fucking Woods, Morgan Freeman. Pamela so Reed. I, yeah, Pamela Reed. So acting-wise, you got it good with uh, Eyewitness. hmm if any film I was going to call a neo-noir, it would be this, because it dances close to being a noir, but in the end, it really doesn't know if it wants to be one or an 80s thriller.
2: Well, you know, you don't like the term neo-noir anyway. You never like that term.
1: Yeah, but um, if I, any film I was going to call that, it would be Eyewitness. Because it's near being a noir, but, you know, it's like, no, almost, but it's still good. I mean, you could set that in the 70s or the 80s and it would fit perfectly. So it don't count as an 80s noir or a 70s noir.
2: Well, I call it an 80s noir simply because of the release date, but that's me.
1: I know, but I'm just talking, you know.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I know exactly where you're going with it. And
1: I expect it
2: better from Peter Yates. It's not one of my favorites of his, to be honest. And, and, and listen, Steve Tesich did the screenplay, too, and he's a hell of a screenwriter. But this one just seemed off to me. Just a yeah. bit. Right?
1: Uh, The other night, Tracy asked me, what do you think the worst Barbara Streisand movie ever was? And without even blinking, or even thinking, W.D. Richter, I want to bitch (laughs) slap you for this
2: one. It's almost as bad as Leo Rossi. Not quite.
1: Yeah, and that's all night long. God, this movie is so horrible, unwatchable, and unfunny. If it wasn't for the and next really film, I would badly. shit. If it wasn't for the next film, I would shit on this so much more. But fuck this movie. We're moving on. And th- and every time that Carl says, "Oh, Elliot Gould was a good actor," I just say this title of a movie, and he shuts up. Everybody in this movie... Yeah, but movie, it was Elliot's
2: birthday yesterday. I want everyone to know that. It was also Luis Guzman's birthday yesterday.
0: Who but, cares yes, about you're right.
1: Elliot Gould's birthday? Hit This proves that he was a hack. Because everybody but Reggie Nalder sucks in this movie. What the hell was Walt Disney thinking? And the Devil and Max Devlin.
2: Not a good movie. And let's and it, face it: if we're talking about devils, Bill Cosby has to be like the worst.
1: Actually, he's a natural, but we don't want to talk about yeah. why. <laughs> no, we don't want to
2: talk about that.
0: Yeah,
1: we don't talk about that.
2: Bad movie.
0: Agreed. And
1: this next one, I've I've probably heard of it, but. Look at this cast of New York regulars, uh, Frank Pesci, uh, da, da, da. Sharon Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, yep. the Tom Sabini. I mean, yeah, Tom Sabini and his old big nose. Yes, Tom, you had a big nose once.
0: <laughs>
1: uh. And some hack named William Lustig in it as an actor. And who wrote the screenplay
2: also, to this movie? Uh, C. A. Rosenberg. No, that's not right. Yeah, I think it's C. A. the A. star Rosenberg. of the movie that wrote it, and that would and be Joe the Spinel. great Joe Spinell. Absolutely.
1: This is really what could be considered. Joe Spinell's Magnum open that is Maniac.
0: Could be that movie. It is.
1: Yeah, that movie, it still has the griminess and sleaziness that it had back in '81. And you want to talk about a movie that was protested?
2: Oh hell yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
1: And it was sued too. Because Spinell was in SAG And they wouldn't let anyone in SAG Be in an R-rated movie So Lustig told him, he said Well, it's going to be an X And then they came after him when it was unrated He's like, you Mm -hmm. son of a bitch And he won the case Because unrated is the same as X Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. Yeah, this one. And is... let's not
2: forget Carolyn Monroe in Monroe. this too, oh, she... she's fantastic in this.
1: Yeah, but if there's any subplot that I would cut out, because oh it's... no, oh in the they make fun of it in the commentary. that's the. And Pesci does. They're like, yeah, it's like, Joe Spinell comes into her photo. She's all sweaty and grimy, but in a nice suit. And Carolyn Monroe just walks and goes, Oh, hi, I'll have a take a date with you. You're so sweet.
2: <laughs> what the... Yeah, but I love that. I love that relationship. I, yeah, I think because plays you're out
1: that's because you're a sweaty, scummy uh, guy, and from New York, back no, then, but, but, but who
2: again, was hoping that This is, that about, that would this to is you. really a psychological movie, and and I've always argued that the whole thing with um, Manhunter, uh, where where um, where he has that relationship with the blind girl, I always said that harkens back to this, and this predates that.
1: Yeah, but she wasn't blind. And like I said, it's because you are a scummy, sweaty. Trust me, I've met him in real people. He don't wash that good. He has like about an inch of grease on him the whole time. It's just bloop, bloop, bloop. But that's a joke. But really, what the funniest is most reviews that hated this movie, what did they call it, Carl? What was that one word? Slasher. No. Unrealistic.
2: Oh, horse shit.
1: Yeah, and then the real serial killer start showing up like uh uh Son of Sam. Son of Well, Son of Sam was before him. I'm talking like uh Gacy Henry Lee Lucas Beck. Yeah. Beck. yeah. Yeah, Speck came out it was like Oh, so, yeah, this may be the most realistic movie about a psychotic
2: serial killer. And and the other thing, too, I I do have to mention this. They did a remake of this.
0: And it
1: actually was was a pretty pretty good good remake. There's only one part of the movie that I found expediently screwy and I'm still wondering. And I'm going to ask someone who's in New York. Do you know any who love of their life, their fiance, and go camp out on those fucking beaches?
0: No. <laughs>
1: no. It <would> not be
0: <gasps>
1: I mean, can you think of how long you throw the
2: needles? No, I mean, there are certain beaches in New York that aren't that bad, okay? Uh, But like Coney and, and... No, no, no fucking way. Yeah.
1: Maniac is a classic. Go see it. And next is the movie that I didn't go to the theater see the week that Maniac came out. Carl did, and he said this is one of my favorites. And he thought yeah, fuck that you. Uh, fuck okay, you. yes, fuck I went to see you. this. This is one of the two attempts to make Gary Coleman a movie star on the right track. Oh God!
2: You know who I really, really like uh, blame for this movie? Fucking who? Bill Russell. Bill Russell. The Buddha player. Oh. Uh, he, he he has a cameo in the movie. And and I remember seeing this years later on like one of his channels and it was I think it was actually a not even a pay channel. And I saw him in this, i like hit the one scene that he's in and it's like, Why? Why did you do this, Bill? Really? And it's all this thing that he's so tall and Coleman's so short. That's the whole fucking joke.
1: Yeah. And really this bad. next movie is really, eh. I mean, just look at this lineup here. Sally Field, Tommy Lee Jones, David Keith, M. Emmett Walsh. You would expect roads to be something other than a generic road romance movie.
2: It's so mess. Yeah, really I is. mean, and Martin Ritt is the damn director of it, and he's a good director.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't even try. I can't even shit on this movie because that means I would have to make an effort. But yeah. But next is a movie that's horrible outside of one scene. Thank God that for that one scene was William Finley.
2: Oh fuck yes! <laughs>
1: he plays the world's most bored and apathetic magician. <laughs> I mean, I love it. He just he- walks in, tap tap tap, ever cadaver, everybody poofity poof. Woo. <laughs> it's magic, folks. And what I love is he's smoking a cigarette while what? he's pulling the mat, but he's doing the magic trick.
2: I, I, look, yeah. listen, listen, we love William Fidley, okay? Truly one of the most underused actors of all time. And anytime he has five minutes of movie, that's all he has in this he steals it. He doesn't even make an effort. Seriously.
1: Yeah. And the rest of the movie is just, eh. Yeah, eh. Yeah. I don't know why people love this slasher so much. Because it's just so, eh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But next is the start of one of the most end interesting- of the 80s who made some of the most interesting comedies with sort of a mean-spirited bent to them. And that would sort be of? the great Albert Brooks.
2: Brooks. This was his it's first film. And, and, and it's really good. Now, I, I don't think it's his magnum opus by any means. That would be defending your life. But this is a really good film.
1: Well, if there's three to be put on for it, it would either be Magnum Lie, um, Depending Your Life, uh, Living in America, and the classic—the one that I would put is Magnum Opus, Real Life, R E L.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. For me, it's Depending Your Life, but. But yeah, I mean really interesting, uh funny but acerbic, satirical, but still gentle. Not yeah. really mean. Not super mean anyway.
1: Let's skip over Amy unless you like movies about uh well, cripple exploitation movie about the blind no, girl.
2: No, we're we're skipping. Okay, but we're going to one of the best movies of the year.
1: <clears throat> God, yes. One of the best movies ever. One of the the, the last great 70s noir. Directed by Iron Passer. Written by Jeffrey Allen Franks off of the book. And that is Jeff Bridges, John Hurd, Lisa Icorn, uh Paul Thomas again. Yep.
2: Nina Nina Van Polen too.
1: Yeah.
0: Billy we Drago. Him on our
1: show. Yeah, Billy Drago, I think his first role, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yes, people, if you know your seventies adult films, it's that Paul Thomas.
2: Yep. Also and in this, Jesus Christ Superstar, by
0: the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why I've always said, and I always will say, 70s are actors who fuck. The 90s yep. on is fuckers who acted. We'll
2: who tried to Acted
1: ask. like they're fucking. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, this one is just so amazing. John Heard knew
0: sure.
1: that this is going to be the role of a lifetime, and this mother just runs with it.
2: hmm Agreed. Agreed.
1: And this was under two titles, which Carl, when I said, oh, shit, Cutter's Way, and Carl's like, I don't know this movie.
0: I know Cutter head, and Bone.
1: Like, yeah, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Oh yeah. Oh, Carl. You. I mean, you're known as Cutter and Bone.
0: Hmm.
2: We argue which one is better. I I like Cutter and Bone. He likes Cutter's Way. Uh yeah. It was released uh, uh, nationally as Cutter's Way.
0: Yeah.
1: And what's funny is this movie goes out like a goddamn western, not a noir. Yep. This is on the must-see list if you've never seen it or don't know this film. Please. Please.
2: Oh, have fucking Let's watch my tape.
1: I wanna go jam- pull James Brown on this movie. Please please, 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 please. Yeah. And next is an okay movie, but the star of this movie just does so goddamn good in it. It makes you wish he had a better cast and a
2: better script. Well, it makes you wish that they would have released the three or four hour version of it in two films
1: yeah that's what they were supposed to do release it as two films omen three the rise of damien and omen four the final conflict which was going to have an actual battle between damien and jesus
2: yep
0: Unfortunately,
1: but no. we got this week water with a great, 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 I could say great for 20 minutes on this one, performance by Sam Neill.
2: Yep, very much so. Um,
1: and moving on, this is actually one, the first film where I
2: noticed him. To yeah, honest.
1: that's because we didn't get any of his great Australian films.
2: Until later.
1: Yeah. Okay, this may be the biggest disappointment of 1981.
2: But it also was one of the biggest uh, um, grocers of the of the year, too.
1: Yeah, because it had a lot of fucking in it. But besides that, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at this cast. Oh, doo-doo. Oh something just popped up. Uh uh Bob Rafelson, director Dan you, David Fucking Mamet, screenplay Jack Nicolaine Michael Lerner John P. Ryan Angelica Houston Chuck Liddell Christopher Lloyd So how did the remake of the Twice turn out so.
2: Uh, it just did. I saw this in a the theater and I came out so fucking disappointed. Yeah, really it, didn't disappointed no, it didn't have
0: no.
1: It didn't have no sense of it being a James Kane book. Didn't have
2: any bite to it. There was no yeah. bite to this at all.
1: And it didn't even explain what the title meant.
0: Yep. It, does, it
2: didn't work. Sorry. No.
1: David Mamet, I'm a disappointed in you, son. <laughs> You're a bad, bad, bad Mamet.
2: <laughs> bad Mamet. <laughs>
1: Bad Babbit
2: in the corner. Bad <laughs> Bad,
0: bad, bad,
1: bad, bad, bad. <laughs> And next is a science fiction film ordered by Toho Films to be a perverted version of Alien. And when they got it, the uncut version, which I don't even know if it's been out here, they said, no, no, this too perverted. Cut it back, cut it back. It's your pussy hair, and that isn't Even the title's perverted. I don't
2: know.
1: Insemination. I
2: can't. I I can't go with this one. I'm sorry. I, oh, I, I'm not I saw go five minutes with minutes it.
1: I just think it's hilarious that. It was ordered to be a perverted movie by Toho, and when they got it, they say, No, no, this too perverted. This too perverted. (laughs) By the way, that's a terrible
2: Japanese accent.
1: (laughs) That was was just what they said, not that. Oh, when uh, 27th this year goes out with a bang, with a very well-acted slasher, Eyes of a Stranger. Jennifer Jason Lee, Roger Towles, Luke Halpin, uh, Lauren Case. Yeah, this is just a pretty good little slasher, and mm-hmm. well acted too. But next, maybe the biggest movie of January and February. January tomorrow. It, Easily, I, I, say, saw this in the, yeah. I
0: saw
2: this in the theater and was blown the fuck away.
1: It didn't do good in the theaters, which I don't know why, because it's so good. James Kahn, Toozy Well, Robert Prosky, Willie Nelson, Jim Belushi, Dennis Farina, Peterson. Goddamn, man had a hard on for Peterson, didn't he? <laughs>
2: yes, he did.
1: Uh, da, 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 da. Thief. Yeah, thief. thief. What is he best? And this is an 80s noir all the way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Tangerine Dream Score. Check. Very stylized uh, breaking into the vault. Check.
2: Color palette. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Mann all the way. Damn good movie. Damn it was
1: one film. of the greatest snore lines of the 80s. Motherfucker, I don't kill, but you can make me change my ways. <laughs> this didn't really catch on till it hit video. Why, I don't know.
2: Well, you know, the funny thing is about Thief, I can tell you this, being in New York, it was a huge hit in New York. Not across the country, but in New York, it it ran for well over two months.
1: Yeah, but that isn't as good as making money across, you know.
2: Across the U.S., I agree. But New York loved it. I can tell you that for sure.
1: And next, is uh the best movie starring um uh Susan Sarandon's Tits and Lemons Ever Made. Mm-hmm. This is Louis Miles just finishing work of his career pretty much and one of his best films ever and one of the best damn Noirs ever, Atlantic mm-hmm. City, Burt Lancaster, Susan Sarandon-Sitz, Kate Reed, Robert Joy, Haas McLaren, Michael Piccoli, Al Waxman.
2: Michelle Piccoli, Michelle Piccoli, by the way. Oh, <laughs>
1: Wallace Shawn,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Robert Goulet, who is the reason why Carl went to see this.
2: Nope. but first Lancaster for me.
1: This is a great little noir. And they have it as a crime romance, and there really isn't that romance, much romance in
2: it. Uh, I disagree with that.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is that... Uh, Maybe it's
2: uh, more infatuation than romance.
1: It's a romance, but... It's one of those where Burt Lancaster realizes he's too old and burnt out and set in his ways to go after her.
2: Right. Well, that's why I said infatuation as opposed to romance. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, this was the first movie that I really noticed Robert Joy in. And he's a wonderful character actor. And he's very good in this.
1: Oh, this is just good all around. This is oh, one of those Oscar Bait films that got nominated for a lot of Oscars. That freaking deserves it. Mhm. And next we Agreed. have two of Carl's favorite films of this year. I'm gonna oh, yeah. which right. is Jerry Lewis is hardly working. Which is the best way to describe this fucking movie, isn't it?
2: Uh well, let me put it this way, if you're watching it you're heartily laughing. No, I mean, all.
1: all the jokes in this movie are hardly working. Well, it's horrible. All the acting is hardly working. <laughs> it's like he yeah, it's bad dust off like old jokes in the 60s. Mm-hmm. next is, this is Elvis. Which is a couple of the guys from Elvis's posse taking a shitload of his home movie footage and making a movie out of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, not my favorite movie. And And it plays like you're watching a bunch of fucking Elvis' home movies narrated by a couple of his old friends.
2: And Priscilla, too. (laughs) Yeah. But still...
1: That doesn't work. And next we have the underrated gem of this year, which is loved among action fans, but it seemed to be forgotten. Even uh, Vicky, when we did the Rutger Howard show, didn't she just not forget this one?
0: Yeah, she did.
1: When you did. have... Joe Spinell, in your movie, Persis Kambada, Billy D. Williams, Sylvester Stallone, and no one knows that you are in that movie because that Retler Howard just goes in and says, "Okay, this is my bitch
2: exactly." Basically Stallone and Williams are are cops and they're going after Hauer. Rector Hauer. Rector Howard's just so fucking good.
0: If
1: you want to see how good Hauer is, look at the look on Stallone's face when he's hiding behind the baby with a gun to his head. That face is not fake. (laughs) That is the rest of Stallone going, holy shit, is he really going to kill that kid?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And you're sitting there going, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Yep. One of the greatest villains of all time, seriously, in this movie. Yeah. And
1: this cut of the film, which we're about to be talking about, was one of the worst films of the year. When it hit VHS, it became the best adaption of Le Morte de arte ever freaking made.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I God mean,
1: I have John to,
0: Borman.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, I just have to list this cast, and you'll be like, God damn Nigel Terry, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren, Nicole Williamson, Stewart, Liam Neeson, Gabriel Byrne. Just damn. Kieran Hines. Yeah. Excalibur may be the best adaptation of the Arthurian mythos I've ever seen.
2: It is. It is bar
1: none best dedication To be with Morgan Le Fay in it
2: of this month sorry no well, uh, well i i don't i disagree with you but that's okay
1: yeah but you don't count when it comes to Harold Miller and
2: well i don't care if you don't think i count with her i don't fucking care Best Morgan Le Fay ever No question
1: And what movie Nine. does this Excalibur take a line from? Um, Deliverance? And Zardoz Oh
2: Zardoz. Zardoz Okay sorry If
1: you go in there and touch it you will tell you the truth So the truth will burn you mm-hmm. Then burn me and they basically almost have the same line in Excalibur. Well, how do they change it in Excalibur?
0: Oh, my teaching I, I, you
1: this. I think it's my teaching you this will burn you. Yeah, that's And then it. Helen Moran goes, then burn, burn me.
2: That's the way I was hoping We're say something.
1: at the gold part of this is a gold month Nighthawks, mm-hmm. Excalibur uh and two other films after this next one Which Carl we don't have to, have to mention had, this
2: next one no yes, we don't mention this you love Just, Danny too,
1: screwing gorillas to a whole film and that is going ape why did they try to make a Tony Danza movie Forget how stupid the rest of it is. Why did they try to make Tony Danza a movie star? As a TV As a star, he was good.
2: He was okay. He, was the, yeah. he wasn't even the star of that. Judd Hirsch was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But good God, this is bad.
2: Very bad,
1: boys and girls, idiots of uh, werewolf fans of all ages, of all the years of the werewolf movie, I have never seen such a gruesome and bloody battle as the battle of <laughs> 1981.
2: Oh God! Yes,
1: you. Someone always starts up. Which one do you think is the best werewolf movie of 1981? And it's and there's three contenders. And I I think mine is the most logical. You know what my answer is?
2: Oh, well, your answer is the is uh...
1: loser is the werewolf fans. who didn't go and see any one of those movies in 81 if they could.
2: I saw all three. Yeah. And, and of course, and the first one up is, is The Howling, uh, Joe Dante. And I, uh,
1: and I don't claim Joe Dante for this movie being so good. It's good despite of him.
2: I, well, I disagree with you on that.
1: No. But John it's,
2: Sales and Terrence Winkless did the screenplay. Yes. Fucking John Sales.
1: Because it's good because of Joe Dante. But John Sales made it great.
2: And then don't forget Terrence Winkless because he also uh wrote it with Sales. They they did it together. Yeah. Uh, I'm I've think, been trying to get Terrence on, on my show for a number of years.
1: Wink Terrence I think was uh, For a while, John Sells POC when it comes to screenwriting.
2: Yeah, I think so, too.
1: But you had this is that. Well, D. Wallace, fuck her, because she did Red Trick (laughs) McGee. Dennis Dugan. uh, Kevin McCarthy. John Carradine. Slim Pickens. Robert Picardo. Who was in luck of having the most screw-ups in a makeup coming on ever? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: Walter
1: Paisley. No, Walter I
2: Paisley. Walter Paisley. <laughs>
1: yeah. Toby. Yeah. He Toby. Shot Taylor. Yeah. He shot Taylor, yeah. The biggest bitch I got about this movie is the fucking trailer gives away the fucking ending.
2: Yep. (laughs) And what 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 a what a great great fade out that is. Seriously, one of the greatest fade outs endings in movies ever.
1: Yeah, but there's three fade outs. One of the one the trailer ruins, and two, mommy. This turned into a werewolf on TV. Oh, that's just makeup. Turn off the TV and go to bed. (laughs) And then the... How do you want your hamburger, ma'am?
0: Rare. Rare. Very
2: rare. Love it. It is. So, this was the satirical comedic version that had scares in it. And let me tell you something. Picardo is fucking scary in this movie.
1: Yeah, and what happened when I say that is when they were uh, doing the makeup with the bladders, what happened was the condoms started to pop. And they were and Dante and everybody instead of like, Fuck shit, goddamn one this makeup is fucked. And then the sound Wait designer looked at it, went, Hey, let me try something. Okay. And then he added chicken bones and sounds that recorded bones being cracked over every condom popping and every balloon fuck mm-hmm. up there was. And it was so damn painful. Mm-hmm. It,
2: it, it is, to me, the best transformation. It really is, out of the three of them.
0: Uh, I know no, Carl.
1: Uh, no. I but know. I know to but... Save it for we'll when we get, get to it later. Okay. That is number one in the Great Werewolf Wars. Mm-hmm. And next is not only a good drama film, but a very sad goodbye to independent filmmaking and goodbye to Pittsburgh filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And that is my beloved Night Riders. Agreed. Ed, Ed Harris, John Amplis, Gary Latille, Tom, Sabine, Tom Sabini. Amy Ingersoll, some girl named Patricia Tallman.
0: <laughs> oh, know, God. Yeah. Uh,
1: Mickey killed me for that one, wouldn't she?
2: Yeah, she would. <laughs> so would I, actually.
1: Yeah. Kim Forey, Scott Renegar, Martin Ferrero, Michael P. Moran. Michael P. Moran's the one who plays the... Uh, Psychotic boyfriend and the main girl in Days of the Dead. Right. Donald Rubenstein. Stephen King. Christine Forrest. Yep. And last but definitely not least, to be it to him we have to be true. Cause we're talking about the one, the only, the poet Lord of Pittsburgh brother blue
2: (laughs) yep
0: and of course john amplis
2: too
1: yeah i said john amplis as god is my witness i wish they would have saved all of those poems about the day's filmings that brother Dulu did on cassette at the end of each day to as he said complete the ritual If you've seen Knight Riders and you've seen how Brother Blue acted in the movie, that's Brother Blue. True. I mean, Mm -hmm. that wasn't no... As Romero said, let's get Brother Blue to be Brother
2: Blue. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's a fantastic film. And unfortunately, it's one of Romero's least known films. And that needs to that needs to change seriously,
1: yeah, it uncut it runs three hours and five minutes, and they consider that too long, so they took out thirty minutes of footage, which kind of makes the film sort of confusing, and it's this one film. You can't say, who steals this film? Everybody is so
2: damn good. And, of course, this was the first film where Ed Harris actually uh, headlined and and you noticed him.
1: Yeah. And that speech where it's right after they get the guy out of jail and they're sitting in between. Money versus art.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was actually a speech, and not with Richard Pre-Rubenstein.
0: Yeah, you know, wonderful. We
1: we do like two big. I'm changing the words to what it really was. Two or three of these big films, and you can make all the little films you wanted.
0: Yeah, no. it's uh, you not know, one about to... the
1: money; it's about the art. Mm-hmm. So, where do you stand on that? Is commerce?
2: Well, you know, it's funny. I we we focus on on uh, small films and small filmmakers and, and micro budget. So I tend to tend to go there. But yeah, but do you think they are... don't
1: want to get paid?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt.
1: And that was always Romero's problem: is that he always chose art at, above commerce, even when it was cutting his throat. And he cut his throat really bad. No joke intended. No. Yeah. Yep. This is Agreed. now. If you know Romero's history, what's funny is is that Night Riders wouldn't have aged as great as it has if it wasn't for thing in that movie go- coming true when it comes to Romero.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: how scary it is that he knew where his future was going because of the way he wanted to be that he wrote a movie basically his own epitaph
2: Yeah, and and, you know we were talking about this before we did the show Um, you know if you grew up in Pittsburgh and you saw his films, his other films like uh, There's Always Vanilla and Hungry Wives. And that, you know, he wanted to do other things. And you knew he was somewhat straddled because of the zombie films. But yet, those people in Pittsburgh understood this movie and understood that it was really like saying goodbye to Pittsburgh. And and goodbye to one of us. Well, so
1: was Martin, and it took a long time for people to get that, too.
2: Yeah, true. But this came out after Martin. This was much more... Yeah. uh, This was much more hitting the nail on the head, so to speak. Yeah. And people realized it.
1: Yeah. And it has a great soundtrack. From, uh, well, yeah, Donald Rubenstein He does a great soundtrack And that song we played at the first Is the closing song during the funeral of uh, Billy And it really does sum up Romero's philosophy And then I would rather fly I'd rather fly with, what is it? I'd rather fly as, with the Eagles than to have never flown at all.
2: Yep. That's it.
1: I mean, I respect and love his ideals, but I wish he could have been able to work with the big guys and make himself enough, as I call it, fuck you money.
0: Mm-hmm. To
1: make whatever you like, want. Like Cassavetes.
0: Cassavetes did that.
1: Yeah, and next in April was the really a re-release of Star Wars. Back when they still did it, you notice that we can really tell as we go on in the '80s shows. When did the BHS station really hit? It's when the re-releases yep. banished from the theaters. Yep. And next is a movie that I love, and I feel it don't get the respect it does. And it's as creative as uh, Quest for Fire, and it has a better made-up made-up language than Quest for Fire.
2: I might disagree with you on that, but it's a really good one. I will give you. Yeah,
1: that's Ringo Stars Caveman. I love the fact that they wanted him to have subtitles, and he said, fuck you.
2: Yeah. This, this is a wonderful film, and, and the, the dinosaurs by David Allen are great. But i am going to tell you who steals this movie. As much as I like Ringo Starr in this, the person that steals this fucking movie is Jack Gilbert.
0: Yeah. He
2: just fucking is hysterical. So it's I not mean, to do that.
1: Yeah. And how much ball did it take for both of them to say, fuck you the subtitles, we want you to dope out our language and fill the language? It's not that
2: hard.
0: It really isn't. But they No.
1: Point,
2: they do a lot of pointing. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun movie, and it and it's and it's just it it's it's a sweet natured film too. It's one of those films where where it earns its sweet naturedness, and 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 you can you can go. Usually they get too trickly for me, but not this one. This one What's has funny the right balance.
1: is. When it comes to the werewolf movies, we're all fighting over which one is the best of the three. But with Caveman and and Quest for Fire, we're like see both. You'll get two completely different experiences, and they're great.
2: There's one other I would put in that came out a couple years later in with that to make it a trifecta, and that's Iceman.
1: Yeah, but that come out in '83 uh, uh, or
2: '84, I think.
1: Yeah. And next is Mustafa Akkad's uh, film about uh, Mohammed, Lion
2: of the Desert. No, no, no. Oh. This one is not the one. This is not the one about Mohammed.
0: Oh. This is not still. the one about
2: Mohammed. That's Muhammad Messenger of of of, of life no this, th- is this, Muhammad. Is this is not this is
1: not a good movie this is another overblown war historical film crap
0: yeah it's and, about the
2: second calo senussi war and and uh uh anthony quinn is libyan tribal leader omar mukhtar a bedouin uh leader fighting the regio es- esquerito royal and 99.
1: next is a film that i'm like Bullshit, this movie came out in the 70s. And it's like, well, I guess it didn't. And that's Kettle, Annie, and Little Britches. You watch this movie and it stinks of 70s. Well, I mean,
0: yeah.
1: you would be looking at say, oh, when did the 70s just come out? Whoa, it's 80s. And this one is great in its batshit goofiness, this next one. Just remember, Carl Agree, this is great, but bat shit goofy.
2: Yeah, I and would agree with that.
1: Oliver Stone's the hand.
2: And not as goofy seizure, though.
1: I don't know, Michael King giggling like a madman at the end of the film while the hand strangling yeah.
2: somebody. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I, I agree.
2: I agree. But that, don't forget, you've got Herb Vilches and uh, Martine Beswick, uh, you know, doing all sorts of crazy shit and, and seizure too. Yeah. So this it's
1: fun. It's goofy before Stone
2: became political, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's goofy. And now we're moving on to a film that we need to spend time with.
0: Oh, I have what fucking did
1: Brian Garfield film call the most accurate adaption of his ideas in Death Wish and Death Sentence?
2: Well, I think Abel Ferrara had something to do with it, and Nicholas St. John had something to do and with it. And Zoe
1: Hammerless.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And that and would that be Miss Forty
1: Five. Yeah, Miss Forty Five. If you're looking for a great sleazy New York action film, this will tick. This is the one you, that would tickle your ivories in
2: 1981. Oh man, this is also the movie that introduced me to my favorite uh, local theater. Because at this point, I was down in in in. Uh, in Brooklyn, and I saw this at the King's Crossing Theater. Oh, my God. Great fucking theater, and they played stuff like this all the time.
1: Yeah, and only Abel would have that confusing little bit in the end where it's like she's at the point where she's kind of psychotically kills everyone with a dick. But. (laughs) Yep. She doesn't kill the dog.
0: No, and you're she doesn't. left
1: wondering why didn't she kill the dog? The dog's a male.
2: Yep. It, it, it's a great film. And he, you know, I had a chance to uh, run into her once, and, and she loved this movie and as well as she should. Great film.
1: And who great played film. the first guy that raped her?
2: Uh, That's Abel. Yeah. That was Abel, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Under his yeah. Nicholas St. John Nom de Plume. And next is Night School, another forgettable slasher. Slasher. And next is the movie that Carl loves, because that's what he well, told shit. his uh, Puerto Rican boss, and then he got a knife thrown at him.
0: <laughs>
1: I, like this, Yo, I, man, I like this movie. I do. I do like this movie.
2: Take this job <laughs> and shove it. Uh, for me, I love this movie because there's a couple people in it that just are just fantastic. Robert Um,
1: Hayes, Art Carney, Bernie Hirsch, Barbara Hershey, David Keith, Tim Thomerson, Martin Uh, 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 Hall. Uh-uh.
2: Tim fucking Thomerson.
1: Yeah, Tim. Seriously. Eddie Albert. Okay, Martin
2: fucking Mall. Yeah, Royal Royal Daniel.
1: I mean, James Karen. James Karen. Karen. Yeah, this movie was stacked. I mean... If you're going to make a goofy cash-in comedy, get good actors.
2: This this is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun.
1: And it has a a sex scene with a bulldog in it.
2: Yes, it does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And next is Genericus Slasherist Part 2. And that is Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. This is the one. This is the one that everyone thinks is the first one because this was the first one that had Jason.
2: He doesn't and, even have his uh, hockey mask in this one, if I remember. No, right? I like
1: the I like Sackhead Jason look. Yeah, I do
2: too, actually.
1: And speaking of. There's a lot of just forget this new year's been quicker to pass by because it has a lot of forgettable fucking slashers. Graduation day. And
0: okay, Harry so Hamlet, I do have something to
2: say about this. Okay, this is no, a terrible movie, but but the director and screenplay person was Herb Fried. If you ever get a chance, it's not easy to find. There's a movie called Haunts. That stars Mae Britt and directed by Herb Freak. Watch that. Okay, that's all I have to say.
1: And next is an HBO staple throughout the '80s, and it just seemed like whenever I went, we went on our Friday jaunts to Charlie's Pizza to get some pe get some pizza. I would either be watching, I'd either be playing Pac-Man, the pinball machine, or Watching whatever's on HBO, and there was a good chance it was going to be King of the Mountain with Harry Hamlin, Joseph Bottoms, Deborah Van Balkenburg, Richard Cox, Seymour Cassell, and Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper's the only good thing in this whole fucking movie.
2: I have never seen this, so I can't say a word. Well, if
1: you had HBO around eighty one, eighty two, or as exposed HBO around there, yeah, I
2: I missed, I missed most of HBO.
1: Don't worry, you didn't miss nothing with this. This is just another generic racer. Mm
0: Mhm.
1: And next is the first film directed by a serial rapist. Well, script was written by a serial rapist. That's in prison! Yay! And that is the scummy Bob Weinstein with the pretty good slasher because of Tom Sabini's effects, The Burning. Even though it's kind of hard. hard. Go ahead.
2: I was just going to say the first film with Holly Hunter and Fisher Stevens. They both made their debuts in this. And And Jason Alexander, too.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to see Jason Alexander as the pussy magnet in the movie.
2: Yeah, it is. I agree.
1: (sighs) But the makeup is good. It's worth seeing, even if it's just... Well, look up The Burning Wrath Kill, and you've seen the best part of that movie. Yep. Moving on, we have Just Jackins. I'm just yeah, I'm just Jack, No,
2: Paul. just Joaquin. Shocking. And you're Jacquening off, okay, to this movie. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that is Lady Chedley's Love with Serial Kiss Style. What's sad is not even six years ago, around seventy two, seventy three, before Deep Throat, this movie would have been a moneymaker. I mean King 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 King. But by the time that 81 come around, once you've seen Hardcore Fucking, you can't go back. Even though just Joaquin did his damnedest to try to bring it back. Well, of
2: course, he's the one who did Emmanuel and, 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 and that and Story of O. So he was definitely exploitation. Uh, yeah. This is... This is really boring. Now, I have something to say. There was an actual um, sequel to this called Lady Chatterley's Lover 2. And guess who starred in it? Who? Adam West.
1: Oh, no, no, no. That's young Lady Chatterley 2.
2: Oh, that's young Lady Chatterley. Yeah, and
1: it also had the one and only... uh, What's her name who was the warden in Reform School Girls?
2: Pat Ask?
1: No, the blonde. She was in the Chained Heat, too, with uh, Linda Blair. Shannon Tweed? No, no. Uh, Damn it. She had her own action video series in the late 80s.
2: Uh, I can't think.
1: Well... Just that, ah, eh, forget it.
0: Okay, and never
1: next mind. Next <laughs> is a movie that's a gay cult item, which I'm like, why, why? Gays usually have such better taste in crap. <laughs> and that hey. is the fan.
2: Ugh, uh, g- can we just? This move is on. a good
1: movie if you want to see Michael Bean stalk Lauren Bacall. And call her, my loving shit. I want to smell your shit. I want to eat your shit. And yes, that is in the movie, isn't it, Carl?
2: Yes, it is. This is terrible. Terrible.
1: Film. <sighs> Michael, B- This is Michael B's first film, and you just want to bitch slap him for picking this. Speaking of films yeah. that put me to sleep, at two hours and five minutes, happy birthday to...
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry. Just even thinking yeah, okay. about this Okay, again, movie Warren me to Stane,
2: this is his year, by the way. I don't know.
1: He was in this movie.
2: That's what I'm saying.
1: And, and, <laughs>
2: and what the hell... My whole thing about this is what the hell was Glenn Ford thinking? the cash, the check cleared. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and Captain.
1: it's the last, one of the last films of Lee J. Thompson, J. Lee Thompson. Yeah. But next is a great underwater film, underrated radio film about a real serial killer called The Mad Trapper in the West. And it's the only movie, and it's like the First movie, these two lead actors appeared with each other since the Dirty Dozen.
0: Yep. Death
1: Hunt Um, is
2: good. Yes, it is. It's really good. Charles
1: Bronson, Lee Marvin, Andrew Stevens, Carl Weathers, Ed Lauder, Andy Dickinson, uh, Scott Highlands, William Sanderson, with the great line, if I stick my head up, he'll shoot my dick off. Well, don't worry. It's a small target. He won't have much. He might miss. Yeah. And it's just a great little action film. I actually seen this in the theater.
0: No,
2: I had to catch it later.
1: This is back during my Charles Bronson phase. It's a good era. I didn't see the weirder stuff till later, like from noon till three. I
2: love we love that movie.
1: Yeah, and this movie, I don't know why it was rated R. Because if it would have got a PG, this would have been a bigger hit than it was. I mean, this movie has Paul Mooney in it. uh, Cicely Tyson. uh, George Carroll. Yeah, George Carroll. This one is a sweet, sweet little movie about Richard Pryor playing a convict, taking a Just disabled or just little kids? No, or are they orphans? Orphans. Orphans. Yeah, and it's sweet.
2: You're breaking up a little bit, my friend.
1: Well, what I said is it. You there? Yeah.
2: Okay, you're breaking up. Say it again.
1: It's a. out, sw- let me call back here in a second. I'll be back.
2: Okay, but Bust Loose is a is, is a really good film. Um Richard Pryor of course had uh, had been been on uh, several films and, and I think in, they, they they were thinking of getting Gene Wilder in this one, but that didn't happen. Uh but it's a fun little movie. And uh um definitely want to check it out. And, of course, we all love Paul Mooney. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, Paul Mooney was uh, uh, basically uh, Richard Pryor's writer and would write several of the jokes for him. So there you go. But Stephen, you, you back agree? with us yet?
1: Yeah. Don't you agree okay. that go- Bustin' Loose is really... Could have been a family film, but for some reason they gave it a rating, R rating for reasons I don't fucking know. There's no cursing in no, it? No, there's
2: there's there's at least two or three fucks in it. That's why.
1: Oh, okay. But still, it, it's a sweet little film.
2: Yeah, agree. Well,
0: agree. Okay,
1: m- moving on. <sighs> This is the one that Carl's parents went to see in 1981, and
2: that's uh, the Four Seasons. Well, you know, for what it is, it's not bad. It's just sort of boring. Not
0: good.
2: I said it's sort of boring. It does have, have Rita Moreno and Sandy Dennis, who I both like very, very much. But Alan Alda and Carol Burnett, has they have no chemistry whatsoever. No. None.
1: And moving on to one of the biggest disasters of the 80s. Yeah. A movie's so bad that I didn't get to sit in theaters because it vanished from theaters that goddamn quick.
2: It didn't last a week.
1: Yeah, and that's The Legend of the Lone Ranger.
2: God, this movie sucks, 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 sucks. It was supposed to be Quentin Spillsbury's, like, big coming out party. <laughs> yeah, no, it Except wasn't.
1: that he sucked so much that they redubbed his voice with James Keach's brother.
0: Yep. In boys
1: and girls, that would be Stacy Keith.
2: And look at I some mean, of the people in this movie. Yeah. You've got Jason Robards, Richard Farnsworth, Ted Flicker, Buck Taylor, Tom Laughlin, Merle Haggard. Um,
1: oh, no wonder the movie sucked.
2: Tell me about it.
1: It had uh, Tom Laughlin in it,
2: but a uh, bum. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Next is the movie that flopped, which really is a goddamn good little movie, even though most people would be like Vicky and complain about the sci-fi physics. And I'm well, basically, like, is...
2: go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say we're talking about Outland. To me, yeah, Outland, Outland is just a sci-fi version of of. of uh... I knew. That's exactly what it
1: is. Yeah, but I wouldn't even put it that much. I would call it Sean Connery and Frances Steen. Who was it played the old woman? Frances Sternhagen. Yeah, Sternhagen being badass on the screen. I mean, she out-badasses Sean Connery in this movie. She is that fucking good.
2: Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And John Ratzenberger is one of the bad guys by the way.
1: Yeah, and Peter Boyle is good as the main bad guy. Yep. But yeah, this is High Noon in Space and Peter Hines didn't make any beef about that. No. Yeah. Yep. It's fun. I wouldn't recommend it on my jump over 45 people and beat the crap out of them until uh, they uh, bleed to get to watch it. But it's good. Now, the next one, I would say jump over people and beat the crap out of them. Do see this film. You
0: this is the first loot film
1: written by Dan O'Bannon after he
2: wrote Dark
1: *Alien*.
2: Yeah, okay, anyway, yeah,
1: that's right. And that's Gary Sherman's very great, very underrated until it really started getting the word out once it hit D V D and Blu ray, Dead and Buried. James oh, yeah. Farentino, Marianne Anderson, Jack Albertson, Lisa Blunt, some guy named Robert England's first movie. Michael Not his fucking. First
0: film.
1: Oh yeah, no, it wasn't his I, first I, I keep forgetting. Uh, Stay hungry, but Michael yeah. fucking Mat- Pataki.
2: Oh hell yeah! One of the great vampires of all time, by the way.
1: In this movie, I ain't going to talk much about the plot, just to ruin it. But the ending will kick you in the booboo, hard.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And this was Jack Albertson's last film, and God, does he tear it up.
2: Oh, he fucking, oh, absolutely. And we're not saying anything about the the, the plot. Just watch it.
1: Yeah, this one, the colder, if this is your first time, the colder you go in to watch it, the more you'll get out of it. Agreed. And we're skipping over the nights that went out in Georgia because, as God is my witness, I've seen it too many times because it played on HBO and one of my cousins liked it. Okay. And Carl likes it because it has Mark Hamill in underwear.
0: Okay. No, I
1: can't even make fun of that movie. I mean, if it's like, people always wonder, why did Mark Hamill have a bigger career after Star Wars? I'm like, watch Corvette Summer. watch the night and went out in Georgia. (laughs) Yep. And next Uh, is the best... Hey, fuck you. Next is the best movie with Tab Hunter that come out of the 80s.
2: Oh, easily. Easily. I went to see this in the theater. I loved every fucking minute of it.
1: Was you stupid enough to scratch the card?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Oh, you had to. If you're in New York and you're not doing that on a John Waters film and you don't have the odorama in front of you and you're not snipping that, fuck you. You're did just a collector a, and you want to make money years and years later. Fuck it you. Did have
1: the anti-smoking announcement before the movie with John Waters? Yes. yes. You know what? Yes. You could be home right now smoking a cigarette. Mmm, <laughs> it tastes so good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> This Polyester
2: is, is it's yeah. just a great little film. It really
0: is.
1: It's John Waters' Douglas Cirque film. And this, this is yeah. the one that is halfway in between. Between his earlier gross-out films and his later films. And it has yeah, it, still fucking bators in it.
2: No, Baders. Stiff Baders. Say it right. Yeah,
1: Stiff, Stiff Baders. Bader. What band was he the leader leader of or the lead singer uh, of?
2: The, the... Oh, shit. The Dead Ones, right?
1: No, The Sick Fox. No, Dead Boys. Okay, yeah, the yeah, you're right. Box. Dead That's Boys. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: okay. I was thinking of the Dead Boys. Yeah, okay. Yeah, The
1: Great Mink Stole, who I love to death. Cookie Mule Edith
2: Massey, the egg woman. God oh, we bless love that us. woman. We
1: love Edith. <laughs> Gene Hill. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty much the last film with the remaining crew of
2: uh The Baltimore.
1: The Wonderland gang. Yeah, after, the Baltimore uh, Wonderland gang. After. His name, the guy with the big mustache died. Right. Tracy, if you're listening, please tell me what was his name. I forget it. And Carl lives too.
0: <sighs>
1: oh, David Lockery.
2: David Lockery. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy.
1: No. <laughs> I have these brain parts with a blank, blank, blank. And all of a sudden... <laughs> Yeah, she just said it. You got it. I know Trace. And next is a movie that is less hey and hey, look at all these great fucking comics that we know that we wanna give a shot in a movie. And those would be Michael Winslow. Sandra Bernhardt, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pee Wee Herman.
2: Paul Rubens.
1: Yeah, Paul Rubens, and that's Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams.
2: Don't forget Timothy Leary.
1: Yeah, the best part of that movie is during that acid trip where it has Michael Linslow doing his uh, Jimi Hendrix bit. Yes. Purple haze all in my face. I don't know how the hell I got on this stage. I'm feeling stupid and I don't know why. Excuse me while I eat this fly. Help <laughs> <laughs> me! <laughs> it's a fun little movie. It's the last time that it seems that Cheech and Chong gave a shit while they were together.
2: Yes. A lot better than the Corsican brothers, that's for sure.
1: A lot better than things are tough all over and, well, I would say a lot better than still smoking, but that's like saying uh, Carl with his glasses is a lot better than Carl blind.
0: True. Duh. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And next is another generic. Slasher, Final Exam, and next is an adaption of Tuck Everlasting, which I don't remember.
2: I don't remember it either.
1: And next is the first movie where I saw me some boobies. Ooh.
0: And More than side
1: one...
2: boobies, though.
1: No, it was was full frontal boobies. boobies. It was full frontal boobies.
2: I'd have to watch it again. I remember his side boobies, but that's okay.
1: But, yeah, it's still great. I mean, Harry Hamlin is actually good. Well, he's always good if he has the right role. Lawrence Olivier is good. Maggie Smith is good. Burgess Smith, Ursula Andress. Claire Bloom, Tim Piggott Smith, Donald Houston.
2: Laura Robinson. and
1: Yeah, and who produced this film?
2: Ray Harryhausen.
1: Harryhausen. And that would be Clash of the Titans, which people call his Star Wars rip-off, and I'm like, so. It had stop-motion coolness.
2: Also, it had Owl,
1: too. A mechanical Owl. Yeah, Ubo. And plus, it has a line that's been using God knows how many action films since then. Okay. Release the Kraken! (laughs) Yep. For a movie that didn't do as good as they thought it would... Star Wars money again. They had a shitload of action figures, which are expensive nowadays. That's because the they their bar was too fucking high.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it did pretty good at the box office, but like I said. It's the same as Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings did not do good. Yep. And now we're in June, and goddamn, these first two are just classics. And you know what, Carl? It's good to be king.
2: Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's great to be king.
1: Uh Oh, Carl, I got a song in me. The Inquisition. We're going to go on. Well will kill your Jew ass. And you will like it, Rink with it. <laughs> and that is the last truly classic film from Mel Brooks. History of the World Part 1. And fuck History of the World Part 2. Fuck it in its stupid little ass.
2: Yeah, exactly. But
1: yeah, this one is so good. Uh, uh, let's see i got to get back up a little tiny bit to get to the Don cast.
0: Don
1: Madeline Mel Con. Brooks, Don Madeline Kahn, Harvey Corman, Cloris Leachman, Ron Carey, Gregory Hines, Pamela Stevenson, Shecky Green, Sid Caesar, Caesar, Mary Margaret Hughes, Orson Welles does the narration, Carl Reiner, Charlie Callis, Paul Mazursky, Henny Youngman, Hugh Hefner, Barry Levinson, John Myers, John Hurt, B. Arthur, and more, and the great Spike Milligan. I know Carl would kill me if I didn't say that, but
2: better, better, you had better fucking say Spike Milligan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is just so good and so funny and so political. It may be more politically incorrect than Blazing Saddles, in a way.
0: Blazing oh, yeah. Saddles didn't
1: that. have a five-minute song about killing Jews. No. <laughs> Inquisition, the musical. And when he slams that uh, Iron Maiden clothes, Oy vey! That's what they all <laughs> have to say. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
2: God bless Mel Brooks
1: and this uh, My and the favorite
2: movie. bit on this My favorite bit uh-huh. is, is The whole thing uh, With Gregory Hines being a uh, uh, Being a eunuch And and the, all the wonderful women That keeps Growing and growing Yeah uh, He
0: has a hard on Get him <laughs> <laughs> It's so big
1: And that song by Madeline Kahn That only has two words in it From that bit No No, 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 no Yes No, 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 no
0: Yes No, 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 no no. Oh, yeah Yep
1: And next is probably the most popular movie of this year.
2: It was, by far.
1: And it's great because the first one and the third one are a mix of, one, archaeological history, two, biblical history, and three, horror, four, comedy. Yeah, but, yeah, the one and only Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, that was the first time I really seen extreme gore in a film.
2: Well, that was one of the movies that they really looked at as far as um, yeah possible PG-13. It wasn't until yeah. the second one that they did it.
1: I can just remember at the end of that dun 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 dun. They're like, oh, they got the scary music. What's going to, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Go I mean that face melting is just
0: oh!
2: He chose poorly. Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Best line and in the whole movie
1: Next one was Should have been better with all the stars in it And the director But it turned out to be A fucking mess Even the guy who's supposed This is supposed to have been his Coming out party in the U.S. Even his one scene isn't as good as it should have been. Agreed. And that's the Cannonball Run. And the actor I'm talking about is Jackie Chan. I mean, you got Burt Reynolds, Roger Moore, Farrah Fawcett, Dom DeLuise. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Adrian Barbeau, Tara Blackman, Jamie Farr, Terry Bradshaw, Mel Tillis, Jackie Chan, Michael Huey, George Furst, Peter Fonda, Brett Comby, Jack Elam, Rick Alvarez, Alpy Wise, John Fielder, Ma- uh, d- d- Johnny Yoon, Bianca Jagger. Valley Perine. Uh Jimmy the Greek Snyder. Brock Yates. Hal Nito himself. Gene Foray. June Foray.
0: June Foray. Should have
1: been yeah. Should have been so much better. What do you think that went wrong? I, I don't know. I mean I, I, I no,
2: I, I tell you what went wrong with it is is they overstuffed it. It's way overstuffed.
1: Yeah. There's too
2: much going on. I should have just focused on the race itself. Yeah. That's it. And next is our
1: favorite movie from our favorite actor of the 80s. And that would be, oh, God. No.
0: We're talking Christopher Reed.
1: Superman. No, Terrence Stamp in Superman 2.
2: Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Remember uh, when the president's on his knees, he goes, oh, God. And then Terrence Stamp just looks at him and goes, no. God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Mm. if I was... uh, uh, Christopher Reeve, I would have just walked out of that motherfucking film as soon as I seen one scene with Terrence Stamp acting.
2: Yeah, Terrence Stamp is the reason to watch this.
1: Yeah, I was like, I quit. Fuck it. I quit. <laughs> Terrence
2: Stamp, i I listen, I cannot say enough about Terrence Stamp. I I could go on for a whole show. But let me just say this. If he's in the movie, watch it, period. You will not be disappointed with him. Good God and Grave,
1: We're up to 90 seconds. So we're going to end with Superman 2. God damn, that went by fast. Yeah, it did. And thank you to Carl for being on the show. And thank you for your background help, Tracy. I would have looked dumber than I usually do if it wasn't for her. Yay, Tracy! <laughs> but yeah, the next one I that comes is going to come up. Next two are what I consider the best James Bond film of the eighties and one of the best of Roger Moore's run, and the best adult film that Disney did in the eighties but got scared of and just totally fucked up the release of. Yep. What do you have going when you start playing playing with ketchup?
2: Well, we've got a, a number of things happening. Well
1: explain the backstory um, to what I just said. First Okay,
2: so so basically my <laughs> My computer died over the weekend. And uh, we had to cancel a show on Monday um, with uh, a director, Trevor Younger, and I just contacted him, and we're going to get him back on. We're going to get Keenan Walker back on uh, because we we lost the show with Keenan also. We have a number of, of, of people uh, uh, ready to come on, uh, including Mark Pirro is back, I don't know if you know this about Mark, but uh, there is a
1: documentary. um,
2: Right, right. There's a documentary happening, and we're going to have Mark on with that called Spielberg.
1: Spielberg on a budget. Yeah. Why do you keep forgetting the one little fact?
2: What? I'm God. No, you're I know
1: everything.
0: (laughs) You're God. No,
1: I'm God. I know
2: everything. No, you're Zod. you're, you're stiff, right? yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna have mark on, and we've got a number of other people planned too so i I gotta do a lot of catch up but uh starting next week we're back we're 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 back in in action on deviant legion, so there you go, oh, and on Friday, I will be on a show with adam uh and I'll be one of the guests uh And uh, we're doing uh, Peter Watkins, the films of Peter Watkins. And that's uh, this coming from... Hey,
1: a movie that describes you on that show.
2: Ooh. Privilege?
0: No. Scum. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Wrong director.
2: Wrong director. That's Alan Clark. Scum is, is, is Alan Clark. This is Peter Watkins. You know uh, uh, the the war game privilege, Um uh, yeah.
1: Those. Types. Oh, and here's something you'd be interested in. They're having a after the bomb, uh, show x month at uh, Central. Central. Oops. Yeah. One, I'm I, I'm going to chew out William because he should have just put it in there without really having that behind the bomb. Title, and that's uh, the one and the only Miracle Mile.
2: Yes, agreed. Steve DeJarnet. Uh, let's
1: see. Yeah, Miracle Mile, uh, uh, Threads. I forget some other. Oh, uh, Double Feature, Terminator and Terminator 2. Eh. And I forget the other ones, but they got some good ones. Well, that sounds great. But, yeah, that's one little fact I wouldn't have mentioned about Miracle Mile. And every time we talked about it, we haven't mentioned that fact, have we?
2: No, we have not, because we don't want anyone to know that if they don't already know it.
1: Yeah, because when you watch the movie, you don't even know it until you can hear, like, the end of the final reel of the movie going, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with that Good night And thank everyone for listening And next week we'll probably do 1981
2: Part 2 Absolutely Thank you very much, Stephen Always always love being on the show with you, man
1: Oh, don't kiss my ass Because I kick yours <laughs> But I like my brown
2: lips,
0: all right?
1: Yeah, I know. They did it to Meat
2: Rack, too. (laughs) Ba-dum-bum.
1: Good night, everybody. uh, Those
2: were the days. (laughs)
1: Good
2: night. Good night. Good
0: night, sweetheart. Where is time to go. Good night, sweetheart Well, it's time to